All right, let's hop in it. Oh, hey, man. podcast soccer podcast for us by us you know we got your boy Ringo here Grego's here we got a special guest yo we got our boy TK with us today man what's up TK greetings greetings hello all so happy to be here yo the TK the flag plug if you've seen if you've seen our flag at any Atlanta United games or hopefully in Chicago as well our, our main man TK he could hook you up. Glad to have you on, man. What's good with you, man? Uh, nothing much. Just uh, happy to be alive another Tuesday. Um, ready to contribute something to the podcast. So it's been a while wanting to get on. So um, happy to be here, like I said. Yeah, What's man. Culture. Quick question for you, man. Do you do Dragon Con? You know, I've not done Dragon Con, but I do do people watching. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yo. Hmm. I meant to talk about this last week and like shout out to the black geeks of, of Dragon Con. Uh, I went last week, checked out Dragon Con for the first time. Like, first of all, like I had heard that, you know, we'd be up in Dragon Con deep, but it gets real. Like we showed it like a little bit on, on the on the lookbook last week. They have a big group picture like on the Sunday on the last day of Dragon Con. And I've been linking up with them, um, like, in the past week, like, still, you know, chopping up with them, kind of, you know, getting their um, their perspectives on a whole lot of shit. And uh, actually, one of one of our homies, um, uh, Dan Asuma, uh, he's uh, well, the admin for most of, like, their social social media. Like, he's a member of Footy Mob. And, like, just, you know, being able to, to connect with everybody, like that that's been real dope to see. But yeah, if you've ever been to that, you know, they got the parade, they got the parties and interview uh sessions and everything. And like it's a lot to to really see, like when you like really kind of just take it all in. So so yeah. Like it's um it's 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 wild. But yeah, if you if you've never done it before, I strongly suggest it. Cause yeah, it's, it's it's a real dope experience, but yeah, Ringo, what's uh what's what's good on the show this weekend, man? Man, it's uh I think it's a we have a good episode this week. You know, we're gonna dig into uh, the U.S. national team stinking it up against Mexico again. You know, we'll you know we'll talk about your you know U.S. is playing Uruguay tonight. We'll check in on that one. You know, throughout the recording. Uh. You know, Burhalter's relationships got going on, and racism in women's soccer. I mean, we, I mean, you know, it's you know, we're not for the culture podcast if we don't have our weekly racism update. And you know, we'll talk about you know the OG, you know Samuel Etu, you know retiring, and uh, well, you know, we'll talk about the Henry Derby. I mean, you know, leg two, leg three, I think. You know, so. Leg three, you know, it's not, you know, it's weird having a derby, having three legs, but you know, USL. <laughs> it's, it's it's so big, the culture got got to, got to come to it, man. But yeah, um, you know, it's uh, you know, we, we, there's well, technically there is still MLS going on this past weekend, which just annoys the absolute fuck out of me because I'm like, you know, go, uh, of course we're talking about the the U.S. national team, and. I think the U.S. proved why Michael Bradley gets called up continue, and continue gets called up because anytime you put Will Trapp in, in the formation, it's just like, bruh, like, can we just not? Yeah, I mean, <sighs> Nagby, listen, man, I know you listen to the show, bruh. We need you on a national team. Suit up for the red, white, and blue, bruh, please. We can't keep doing this. <laughs> At least the run-up for the 20, uh, 2022. 
Like something, man. Like or somebody needs to step up. One of these young boys needs to step up. We can't keep relying on Bradley. Will Trap ain't it. And like it's just we just don't have a midfield right now. And it's embarrassing. If if we gotta keep dealing with Will Trap, I will gladly take Michael Bradley because that dude, I'm like, you don't even belong on a B squad, like let alone, you know, you starting and I know he's been been like capping a couple of times. I'm like, no, you ain't you ain't that hot, bro. And like it just proves nepotism is real in U.S. soccer, man. Because it just doesn't. To me, he just he just doesn't prove why he deserves to be there. And him is artist. I mean, they're, they're- I, could actually, I could actually understand Zardis to an extent, but uh, but Trap just has no place at all. And you know, like we were just talking about with Nagby, <clears throat> it came out like the week before last that you know like we've been trying to get get him capped burhoff has been trying but you know nagby's been like nah i'm straight i'm cool yeah it's, it's, he realized how ugly the program is he's like i don't want to deal with it so i mean i don't fault the man but it's like man, he needs to step up man i but you know he's not a national he's not a natural born american so he probably has feels no ties to playing for the national team so that could be why i mean i Actually, I think more than anything, I, I think that, you know, when you when you are a certain quality of player mm. and you know that, you know, hey, I'm better than most of these mugs. And next thing you know, you get called up and you only get like a four minute appearance, basically wasting your time when you could be home with your wife and, and, and young kids. It's like, what are we really doing this for? And. So like I think there's a lot, there's a bit of frustration there because I mean, all things considered, there's not too many midfielders in the national team pool right now that can do what what Nagby does, especially you know both from a a holding midfield perspective, a possession standpoint, as well as, well as an attacking standpoint. Like because he he basically he's one of the few that could, that could that could do it all, and you know so for him to just not not really factor in that much, or at least you know. Or at least when Burhalter was trying to give him a shot, it's like I'd be like, "No, I'm cool. I'm, I'm just going to stay home, you know, and, and kick back and rest up." Because I mean, you know, he's 29, so you know he's pretty much like, "If you're going to do it, now's the time." And and he's but he's still just young enough to where he could probably still factor into 2022. And so so you really have to have to figure out like you know like what do we got to do? I mean, you still have Adams that that's still injured. I'm I'm I'm. I'm begging like everything, like, like yo, like get his muscles right, get everything right, because we need you. Cause we lost Morales um, during the last game, like because he's actually a guy that I've been watching in Germany. I'm like, why hasn't this guy gotten an opportunity to really show up for? Like, because it's been a hot minute since he's since he's gotten called up. I think uh, the last time he got called up, Klinsman was around, so that should tell you everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all in all, you know, Mexico continues to prove, you know, they are the creme de la creme of a CONCACAF. You know, it's going to be eventual where Mexico should really consider moving to Kamala Bowl because, I mean, you know, it's men amongst boys right now. They're not developing their national team playing the shit in CONCACAF and nobody can get better because no one, you know, no one is as good as Mexico over here. So, it sucks, but you, you know, know games it, like this. What's it's, up? It's interesting, you know, because of course after that game, everyone's got their all their hot t- hot takes and trying to figure out, you know, how come Mexico's here and and and, and we're down here, and you know, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of layers to it's, that answer. It, it's just Tata Martino. That's it. <laughs> That's the only thing. Well, you know, we had. <laughs> I, I think so. Honestly, I think I think Tata has a, a playing style that young players want to play. Like young players want to play attacking football. They want to go forward with the ball. They want to run at defenders, and that's what young kids like to do. So you think of that Mexican team; they're having fun. They're running at players. They're attacking. They're having a ball. And then you look at the American team. Like right right now, we're playing Uruguay. We have we have uh, ten men behind the ball right now. Against Uruguay kids, yeah, they're not playing their their main guys, and 
You know, like it's 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 weird because well, go back to your original point. I do think Tata is definitely a big factor there because like you have because Mexico has talent. I I think that needs to be said first. But at the same time, when you have a a superior man manager and, and tactician, it only makes that talent even even much better. And I think someone had had posed a question like because t- Twitter was just going crazy um, uh, that day uh, after the game. Somebody had asked if if the roles were reversed, would would Mexico be as good? I'm like, first of all, Mexico wouldn't be that dumb. They they, they would they, they wouldn't they wouldn't hire Berhalter. Like, no, nah, they'd be like, I'm good. At at the very least, I, I'm gonna keep caping them. Like, they would have called either they would have figured out a way to either do Jesse Marsh or shit, probably um, Bob Bradley. But anybody, any uh, any other person that that speaks English, they they ain't looking at them like, nah, y'all y'all ain't y'all ain't heading on that shit. No, no, no. TK, what you think? Honestly, uh, I think there's a couple players that need to step up that are currently in the that kind of position to be on the men's roster or the national team. Um, you know, that are still within their prime. Uh, you mentioned Adams earlier, waiting him, uh, for him to come back from injury. Um, but like players like Ariola and um, shit, Raldon and even Trap. I mean, like I feel like we can negotiate some of these guys to to fill the gaps. You know, while we're waiting on players to get back from injury or just to try a new system or something, because uh, the status quo with Burhalter is just ridiculous. And even before that, it's you know I think the last time we had players like Ringo said. In, uh, as Mexico is enjoying their football, when's the last time you can think of a men's national team that you know you looked up and saw that? Gold Cup twenty twelve. Twenty twelve was the last time I remember seeing our players have fun. It was that Gold Cup. That I think it was like that last that Gold Cup where I think uh, landed Donovan like was like. Uh, Klinsman was like just forced to call him up. It was, yeah. it was before Klinsman took. It was before Donovan took that sabbatical. Uh-huh. I, that was the last time like our players were having fun. Like we swept the Gold Cup. And, but shit, that was almost ten years ago. <laughs> and that, yeah, that's a decade ago. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was. I, I, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't want to dwell on it. It's and friendlies. And right now, go ahead. Because you have so many. You have so many people who just like. Swear up and down that you know that we won back when Klinsman coached in spite of him, but I'm like, you look at like some like some of the runs that Klinsman had, like a lot of that was without uh, Landon, and mm-hmm. you know, and some of it was was without Josie too, and, and people always you know knock about we had too many dual nationals. I'm like, all things considered, I think without those guys. We wouldn't have been anywhere near as good because, like, you look back at like the World Cup uh, in 2014. John Anthony Brooks, uh, dual national, he gets a winner against Ghana. Jermaine Jones, dual national, he gives us the uh, the the go ahead goal against Portugal. Julian Green, the one guy that actually scores uh, against against Belgium. Like, how exactly? You know, is like all this considered, you know, dual nationals have a role with our team. And so to just be like, okay, nah, we just not, not going to fuck with y'all because y'all ain't culturally American. Like, nah, like Americans, American. And if you, and if you want to roll, then you roll. Like, just like how they're talking about with Sergino, Sergino Dest, like he, cause he's still eligible to play for Netherlands. I'm like, He's played with our, our. He played with in the U20 World Cup uh, a few months back. Like, I think at the very least he wants to. He's at least strongly considering get getting involved now. Mind you, he had a he gave up a um, that first goal against Mexico, and but I mean he's 18. You know, I, I think mm-hmm. that way too yeah. many people get caught up in the fact that 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 where he plays for his club at. That and the right. fact that you know, like, if you make one mistake, it's like, okay, you just done. I'm like, no, like, you, these, like, we literally have kids right now, and mm-hmm. I get, and I get it that you know, you, everybody wants them to just 
hurry up and grow up fast because we ain't got no veterans like that. But you got to take the good with the bad with the kids if you're gonna play them. No, I, uh, you know, uh, you know, we'll move on to the next topic. I'll say this: where we talk about we don't have any veterans. There's so many players that got bumped out of the roster pool that we could probably rely on to give that uh, veteran experience. Thank you. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, these these may not be the guys for 2022. Let's bring in all these guys that's out here lost in limbo. You know, Yedlin. Let's bring in, I mean, Zuzi. I would bring in all these guys in the camp and say, hey, I want you to work with the exact same young guy that's playing in your position. It was like, I want you to develop them. I don't have a position for you for 2022. I'm going to tell you that up front. But I want you to help develop this program. Uh, yeah, and I have see, a position for you today, though. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah, that. today. It's like, if you, yeah, it, it sell it like that. You know what I mean? So it's like, hey, I may need you then. These young guys are not ready. So do what you can do to prepare them and get us there. So yeah, like, like, like Maurice Adu, like never got a chance. Never. I think he got a chance. I think that he uh, didn't get a chance. Come on. Nah, he didn't. He, I, I agree. Think, no, I I tell you this because like because that was one thing I watched very closely, especially when it was back at Rangers. Because I know like he had a stretch where he was hurt and and um and Bradley was just like I remember like he was calling up Rico Clark, Atlanta guy. And I and I forgot who, uh, Sasha question, you know, trying to figure like who can really fill that. This is back when he was still playing in the midfield, and I was like, like if he gets healthy, that's your starter. And uh, my bad, fake fake news, everybody. Oh no no fake, no no fake no fake news on me. He did. He got forty six appearances for the national team in one goal. That's a chance. He <laughs> so, I think that you know. Especially that that transition from from Bradley to Klinsman because Klinsman moved him to center back, mm-hmm. and you know like mind you like like he did all right like because he was center back um, when we beat Mexico and Azteca so you know sometimes that shit, shit can work but at the same time like you really have to be smart about like how like you you, you made those type of jumps but I think that you have a lot of guys right now. Who are in that like twenty four to twenty twenty nine age range, like like Nagby, that there's really not too many people that you can really call on like that. Like they're either over in Europe, which you know they're great, but as far as like anyone that you can probably think of in MLS that's in the age range, you're like, nah, like where are they at? Yeah. And, and and that's the frustrating part because that only puts more pressure on the kids to be like, okay, like hey. Like we need you, man. Like we we ain't got nobody, man. Like you know, we we need you, bro. And you know, that's the thing. It's like it just highlights the the one consistent thing with U.S. soccer in general, whether it be MLS and the way that it translates to the players at their home clubs, uh, or the way that it looks at on the national stage. Is like there's no plan whatsoever. Like there's no plan. So the trans. That was the funny thing about about the game uh, against Mexico because Burhalter, he was swearing up and down that you know like we're making progress even though the media won't report it. I'm like, you like you just had two games against Mexico in in the last like five six weeks, and both games you got you got smoked. You a combined score of, of what five nil. So if there's progress. At least compared to Mexico, y'all ain't making it. <laughs> yeah, progress would be doing any one of the things that we even suggested earlier. You know, to tell the the older guys and that that you know highlight of their career, that twenty six, twenty nine age, say, hey, we may not be using you in the uh, in twenty twenty two, but we we're going to use you now. We need you here to teach these these young guys, you know, exactly what we want and expect from this team. Uh, and that bring, uh, brings a lot of camaraderie between the group. You know, it's um, I don't want to like mix it with Chelsea, but that's kind of like the same resurgence with Chelsea. And you've seen it with other clubs, the Dortmunds, uh, the Liverpool, where they they kind of bring in that camaraderie factor. And you have uh, a club that enjoys uh, or a squad rather that enjoys the football, and then the results are a result of that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of another national team that's. Most of their players are far away, right? So the the players don't really have a chance. Like England, 
most of the players all live in London. You know what I mean? So they have that relationship with each other. And that's why they do so well with each other. I'm um can you think of another I'm trying to think of another team that is quality it's that Brazil. everyone Brazil. Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. There we go. Brazil's a good split. half of their team is plays in domestic, the other half plays in Europe. And at this point it's, probably, it's, it's actually more most of them are, are in Europe now. And like cause like they've been talking about for a while now, like how it's like the Brazilian team doesn't really play true Brazilian uh, football because all of them are, are moving to Europe at a far younger age than they used to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's like you're playing Brazilian-ish football. Like, like you have the foundation of it, but you, you're, you've been so influenced by Europe now that it's, that it's kind of taken away from. Right. What, it's like a 10% interpretation or something. Yeah, uh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, I, you say it. So maybe that's. I mean, you know, now, we keep saying now, about the United. Now, our side, you know, we ain't got no style. So it's like, hey, it's like, hey, it's, if you good, let's let's play. That's, that's what I was about. To, that's what I was about to say. We have no style. Like Burhalter, he did an interview on SiriusXM when we played Mexico the last time. He did an interview about him. The way he talks, he talks like a technical director. He has a technique in his head. But I just don't think he relate. He seems boring, and what these kids want somebody like who's gonna love on them and stuff like that. He doesn't seem like he gives that love that these young players want. It was very interesting. I wonder if Burhalter would suit the national team system better of being a technical director. What do you think? Everybody seems, seems to feel like like they could be a technical director better. Cause we said the same thing about about Klinsman too. I, I think that you know you. Granted, you do need someone who has that long-term vision, but at the same time, you know, if, if you can't get the on on-field product right, then then what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's got to be positives somewhere on the field, and whether that be in we look good and you know attack or midfield looks like they can control and you know regain possession or at least maintain possession. Uh, or the defense looks like they can keep a clean sheet. And I don't think that and any of those things apply to the U.S. national team uh, in regards to the way um, the current coaches are uh, leading the, the squad uh, and previous coaches. Back to Klinsman, I think he had at least a plan, but it just wasn't – he had no you know, help to back, uh, execute the plan. Yeah, yeah. I think that was what Klinsman's problem was. His talent pool just wasn't there. Like everybody he wanted either got injured or they aged out of the system. So I, you know, for every national team fan or anybody that's listened to this podcast as new to following the national team, everything's fine. It's okay. You know, the you know, until the nations, what's until we start the qualifying cycle, which starts up um in a couple of months. Everything's fine. We got a we got Nations League uh, next month. We got. Is it next uh, month? Oh, I thought it wasn't until like I guess next month is October. You're right. Damn. uh, Yeah, we got uh, Cuba and Canada in in our in our group. So, no. It's good though. Honestly, this is what I'll say, and then we could go on and we could talk about uh, the women's national team and racism in NWSL. Um, it's good that we have to go through this qualifying phase. Um, for U.S. soccer, because I think about Rocky three, right? Mm-hmm. Remember when Rocky lost his mojo and he had to go to the hood and he had to basically learn how to fight the kid. Like this is this is the U.S. national team. We're gonna have to go around and we're gonna have to put on our hat backwards and <laughs> and learn how to say yo and fresh and shit like that and to basically get that get that mojo back for the national team. You, you, so it's you, good you, we're going to have to fight Nicaragua, Haiti, and Canada. You, you, uh, you're saying that uh, the U.S. soccer can't dance right now? They, 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 they can't shuffle their feet? Oh, no. This is definitely uh, a save the last dance and we're old girl trying to learn how to do the, the Harlem Shake right now. That's oh, us. <laughs> That is so bad. So, so for everybody, I want you to don't give up on the national team. Give up if we don't qualify for the World Cup again. If we don't qualify for two World Cups, it's done. It's a wrap. Yeah, I think so. But I mean, 
it's going to be hard to still take that momentum from hosting the cup on the very next round. I believe. I believe that. I believe that we will win. I hope hope we win. I hope. That's that's what we we have downgraded to hope. It's coming home. It's coming home. Hey, it's coming home. Hey, speaking about home, man, let's talk about the the National Women's Soccer League on a fresh off of a World Cup win. NWSL is seeing record numbers in the stands. And when you got record numbers, Nazis come out, man. Like, uh, Greg, let them know about what happened with our girl, man. Man, like, we've been caping on Adriana French, AD, for a, for a minute now. Minute. And... Uh, they, uh, her team, the Portland Thorns, were out in Utah playing the Utah Royals. That's uh, Kristen Press's team. And the word came out that they, they were shouting out racial slurs at, at our girl AD. And, you know, it's kind of crazy like when you think about it because everyone thinks of women's soccer as just like this big, you know, love fest that, you know, they would never think about, you know, let's be divisive towards anybody. But nope, they can catch that racism too, apparently. And you know, like so like, that was just really bizarre to really hear about, like to, to think that, yeah, the racism um, go, goes on there too. But again, like we said on our, on our socials, it's America. You, you can never look, put it past. Nope, not at all, man. Yeah, let's say <laughs> let me ask y'all. Let me ask y'all a question though. Mm-hmm. Kristen Press identifies as a black woman? Question mark. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Listen. You lucky Tony ain't here because you know he 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 defend the fuck out of that. Listen, I knew her daddy was black, but I, she ain't never like I said. She's never verbally talked about being biracial. Uh-huh. You know what I mean. She yeah. never, you know, everyone who's biracial, I think about logic, you know, like people that are biracial mention it every chance they get. Like, mm-hmm. And she's never talked about it. So, I mean, maybe she's really progressive and she's like, it doesn't matter. I don't see color, whatever like that. But for her to come out and say, like, you know, as a black woman, you know, she said black. She didn't say biracial. She's like, as a black woman, this is offensive and there's no place in the game like that. It was big to hear her say that and defend someone that plays on an op- opposing team of hers. The fact, but, the fact that that's the first thing she came out with, she, and everyone's face, when you're like, what? I was like, black? <laughs> 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 but, you know, that's, that's dope, though. Kristen, welcome to the uh, barbecue. You know, your membership package is in the mail. So <laughs> embrace it. Your macaroni and cheese gonna have to change it up and stuff like that, but it's all good, sis. Welcome to the party. Oh man, like, TK, did you TK, did you see about the um, situation that happened with Adriana French? Yeah, um, I was reading up on it uh, earlier, and uh, this thing is the whole thing is just kind of unfortunate, you know. I didn't uh, really get. Just, I'm not a, a tweeter by nature, so I'm not really t- too much on the, that scene. But I see that the players were, uh, you know, going to their respective socials to, you know, just condemn that kind of action. And, you know, like you said, it's just kind of more of the same. Man. This is America. You know, it's, it's, you, know, they, you, know you know, they said they wanted equality. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just joking. I'm just Hey, yeah, don't go Dave Chappelle with this, man. Come on now. <laughs> Leave people alone. We will not do the G's like that today. We will not do that. <laughs> But no, it's so bizarre, though, because, like, you know, the NWSL, like, they've been trying, they they addressed it on Sunday, and, but for the most part, of course, nothing's really come out about it since then, come to find out, you know, there's there's no real policy on, you know, racial abuse and and that. There's no policies. Yeah, like. There's no policy anywhere. (laughs) Come on. And I'm like, you know, maybe they just never really thought about it because, like, like I said before, maybe they just think it's, it's some big love fest and that, w- and that would never really become an issue. But at the same time, like, you have to prepare yourself for it. just uh, the rare event where this shit might actually get popular and people might start acting an ass and shit. 
But it's good though that we're talking. Like I always say, any press is good press. So it's good that there's shit going on in the women's game. So you know, fuck racism and all that. But it's good that it got this much press and this much coverage. So now people hopefully will start tuning into more women's games and just to to silence the racists and kind of support um, Adriana French and her team by watching games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you have, like, like you mentioned before, the crowds have been getting bigger than ever before. Uh, they got the TV deal with, with uh, ESPN at least through the rest of this season. So there's definitely more eyeballs on the product then. And with that, you know, you hope that uh, fans and players will, you know, all be on the same page as far as trying to, you know, lift this this league up and, and, and make it better for everybody because otherwise you'll start seeing the U.S. women's team dressing up for Real Madrid next year and you'll and they'll never be seen, seen again. I, I pray Real Madrid picks up a women's national team player. We can only hope. But yeah. uh, moving on, I mean, rumors are Sacramento have finally got that act right. The dream might come true. Hey, I mean, they are, has Sacramento become the new St. Louis? <laughs> like everyone came before it. Like Sacramento's been waiting for so long to get in the MLS. I think I think they were they they put a bid up before Atlanta did, and yeah. they just been waiting and yeah. waiting and waiting, and for them to finally be like, okay, like we're we're just about there. We're we're almost there. And so, it, you know, I'm actually kind of surprised only because I thought that Phoenix looked to be moving moving along pretty well. And like we had mentioned a few weeks back, every time a big market comes about and Sacramento thinks that, you know, hey, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to get it this time. It's like, MLS like, nah, psych, we good. <laughs> Hey, yo, maybe St. Louis is using Sacramento to like neg every other big city they want. They're like, yo, Sacramento about to get it. You better get your shit together, Phoenix. You better get your shit together, San Diego. And then Sacramento hears that. They're like, it's finally our chance. Oh. What? Oh. Uruguay just scored. Oh, that that was nice too. Against uh, our uh, boy, yeah. Mr. Your must be way yo, in front of me. What minute is that? Uh, 50th first, 51st okay, minute. Yeah, I'm a minute behind. Oh, uh, well, well, sorry, everybody. We're all off. Uruguay just scored, you know, Brad Guzan let one through, and that was a counter attack all the way on the other side of the freaking field, man. Sheesh, he just they ran through. Oh, man, that's embarrassing. I mean, it's basically just two on three, and yeah, and. I can't tell these damn numbers on like the bl- the blue the blue on red is just I can't see shit, but but yeah they got smoked so yeah the whole team just got uh, smoked so. it's like a uh, Lloyd yeah same you know same as uh, always anyway no, no that's uh, uh Aaron yo Aaron Long against Mexico got abused and it looks like he's still getting abused yeah and you know like for all the hype that he had. Going into this into this season, it seemed like the, the second half of the year, it's like, nah, you ain't that hot. You know, our, our boy Miles uh, Robinson, he fought, he fought, got his first cap with the U.S. against, against Mexico. You know, he mm-hmm. he held his own. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking this. Like given the way that he's been playing, that like he should really be starting. I don't know if they still plan on doing this uh, three five two, which I, I've always said for the longest time is probably one of our best formations to run with and he's one of those guys in, on that back three of course we we do it here in Atlanta and I'm like yeah like he like I, I after seeing all this this past week I'm like Miles Robinson is the best defender American defender at least in MLS and it's not even close <laughs> yeah oh well you know so like I said earlier American fans it's fine everything's fine we'll figure it out but you know, let's give some roses to, you know, a legend, you know, a great in the game, you know, former Chelsea player, mm-hmm. you know, record holder for the Cameroonian national team, 
Barcelona. Yeah, Barcelona. Real Madrid. I mean, oh, yeah, that's right. I think he did do Real. I think he did. Yeah, he was at Real Madrid for three years. But that's that was early, early when he was a boy. So, yeah. I mean, it, we're talking about Samuel Etu. What the? You know, 38 years old, just announced that he is retiring from football. You know, pour one out for you know one of the legends. If you're a person of color, this is definitely one of the people that you kept an eye on out here, man. So TK being our resident, you know, black Chelsea fan, it's weird, but you know, come on, kind of, you know, <laughs> give, your, give, your, give your roses, man, to our boy Sam. Oh uh, yeah, big ups to Big Sam. My favorite memory is when he clowned on Mourinho. <laughs> With the grandpa walk against Tottenham. I mean, shit, or whoever those guys are from across town. You know, like, like, all, like being completely honest, I kind of missed most of Henri's run at Arsenal. So, like, the first real big black striker that I really followed was Eto. Like, yeah. I, I pretty much, you know, followed him from Barcelona up to uh, Inter Milan, and of course, I, I always thought it was crazy, like how he won the Champions League in '09 with Barcelona. They send him to Inter Milan the the, the next summer, mm-hmm. and <laughs> sent him for they sent him for uh, uh, Ibra, matter of fact. And he he goes and wins the Champions League with uh, Inter that that next year, and of course I was like, given how great he was at at Barcelona, I was like, how in the world do you let that guy go? Because like especially back then, I was like, that dude was a straight sniper, mm-hmm. straight up sniper. Like I remember the goal that he scored against Man United in the '09 Champions League final. I didn't think that he has, he he made that goal, and I I thought it was like against a side netting, and I was like. He made it from that angle that tight. I was like, only true killers can do that shit. Yeah, he, you know, they, you know, kind of <laughs> contradict what, uh, you know, announcers always say about black players. I mean, he had the football IQ. They always say black people are physical and a, a specimen, but like the IQ, he had a record of 293 career goals playing club soccer and he had 56 goals for Cameroon. I mean, he like you said, he was a sniper. He knew how to be in the right position at the right time to blast one in um, past the keeper. Man, it was it was impressive, impressive player. And he's one of the few people who actually have scored in in multiple Champions League finals because he also scored in the '06 Champions League final for Barcelona as well. And like, like I said, his track record, I don't think that like you 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 can't come at him. And not come correct is like because he was that dude, and mm-hmm. I think that we've lost a, a giant, especially as far as black players go, and just you know uh, Forrest Pierre because there were very few strikers like him in the game. Period. Because he like just like how you said, like he wasn't the biggest the biggest guy in the world. Like so, like he had the IQ to basically go with anybody, and and he was so fearless on top of that because. You can't be that type of player and 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 be scared of shit. Like he, like I said, he'll come at your throat. And yeah, he could always sniff out a goal though, and he could sniff your fear too. He smelt it. He's one of those. <laughs> you know. So man, you know, from from for the culture, man, to Sam, man, we thank you, man, for everything you did, man. You enjoy retirement. Hopefully, you can get a, a TV gig or something after that, or you could just go ahead. Culture man. No, nah, we need to see more uh, black management in the game. We all know that. Yeah, great it's, it's, with that IQ. Using very it, true. Using very, it to, uh, to further the game. It's going to get a shot. I mean, like there's there's definitely, you know, there's coaches out here who coach. Like I, I think that's the misperception that, that we're not out here coaching, and we are just that when it comes to actual top management, that that opportunity that, that never really comes. So, uh, is I think there's definitely a perception issue. I definitely think that you know there's obviously biases and everything. So, like I I don't know what's gonna take. You know I I think that 
obviously that has to be something that gets addressed sooner rather than later. I don't I don't know like how quickly it, uh, that gets gets resolved, but it needs to get resolved. But um, but yeah, man. I, 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 hopefully one day, you know, whether it's him, I saw I saw Tony's boy Patrice Ever. He's going out for his coaching badges. So like, hopefully there there will be more options out there. Oh, that was almost a, a, a nice header right there. But um, you know, we'll see. But yo, 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 yo. yo. Have, have, we've been talking about this Henny Derby for a minute, man. We have. So, so everybody who is new to the show, new listeners to the show, uh, Sport of Culture Podcast, we're big fans of USL Championship, USL 1. Um, and what the Henny Derby is, is a uh, competition between Ford to Madison uh, Football Club and uh, Richmond Kickers. Uh, the name came about from the kind of the black supporters from both supporters groups. So uh, they, they came up with the name. It's a dope name. It, it, it's that's how tradition gets created, and that's how robbers get created amongst multiple levels of uh, U.S. soccer. So the Henny Derby uh, first first round, I think kickers won. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Second was a draw. It was a, a, a it was Ford, a board huh? won the second game. It was uh, oh. one. Ford won the second game, so this is going to be who wins it all. Who's going to win the Covenant Henny Cup <laughs> in Richmond this weekend, man? It's, yeah, gonna be, it's, it's so live. big that I got I got to pull up. I, I got to head home to to, uh, to watch this match. Like I got the funny thing there is that I've actually have never been to a kickers game. It's like I think I've mentioned it before. If you have followed the kickers like that, I mean, mind you, the kickers are the longest running club in america today like they're going on like 20 uh 26 years right so like they they which that's still kind of crazy that it's only been that long but anyone who knows where they play they play the university of richmond if you are black and you have lived in richmond more than likely you have probably have never been to the university of richmond like maybe once <laughs> or twice in your life <laughs> I, I, I can count on one finger how many times I've been. I know. I take that back. I've been there twice. I've been there once for football camp, and another for a state uh, football championship in high school. That is it. And so this actually be my first time in a long time uh, checking checking them out. You know, I, I'll be back on Broad Street checking out with the homies. Of course, we got Elliot with, with River City ninety three, who were proud to sponsor. Featherstone's coming down from Madison. We got homies from New England coming down. If you're in D.C. and you and you fuck with the brand, you should come down too. Like I, I, I see you, Donald. You need to come down here too. So, like it's going to be a, a great time. We're actually going to uh, record a special episode in Richmond. Everyone's going to be just you know piled up around, chopping it up, uh, and no, no no rules. So like, we'll we'll see how see how that goes. Yeah, yeah. So you know, pull up. Bring up the couple, the, hopefully. Hold yeah, the yeah. I'm trying to. I'm trying. I'm trying. I want to be there. So I mean, like, I just checked out the standings in uh, the USL League One. I mean, Ford to Madison, they're over the line in the playoffs. I mean, this. You know, they need this win. You know, kickers. This would put them in the playoff race. This would put them just shy of the line. So like, both of them need to win this match. So if you're in the Richmond area. Uh, if you're in the Virginia DMV area and you want to support, bring, bring your Hampton ass yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, you know, crabbers, bring your ass out there, yo. It's like if you want, if you support soccer in this country and you're one of these motherfuckers that talk about pro rail and you're not supporting local soccer that you can drive to, man, you're part of the problem, yo. Straight up. So if go check out the Henny Derby, man. Any any Richmond fans, Madison fans, hit us up on the social. Let's talk some shit prior to the match, man. Going down. Absolutely, man. Like it's, it's, it's going to be a great time. You know, of course, we, we've been able to establish a, a, a great rivalry and brotherhood with these with these two teams. So, you know, for us to to be able to come up, you know, that me that's that's where I grew up and everything. So I should I haven't been home in like a hot minute. So it's 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 actually well, well it's coming right on time because I, I haven't been home in a while. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this trip. 
getting out of Atlanta. I haven't been out of Atlanta in, in way too long. So yeah, it's 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 gonna it's gonna be a good time. Shit. TK, you should come. TK you know, that you would be come. that would be on the a real sly thing to slide in on that. I'm looking at they're sitting there, uh they're in eighth currently sitting in the standings. Yeah, kickers are in eighth and then Ford and Madison are in fourth. Okay, I think it's, okay. top, it's top four that, that get into the playoffs. I know North Dallas they just clinched a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be real tight to really see, like, you know, I think there's, like, four games left in the season. So, yeah, it's, it's squeaky oh. bumps. Yeah, no, this is going to be a, a rush. Yeah. To- it's what matters. And this is the inaugural season of the the new uh, pyramid in USL. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of the um, the results that come out from TV viewing, to attendance now that there is a strategy for U.S. Uh, soccer league. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm a big proponent. I believe in it. I believe that the pyramid is uh, important. And I, if it is well and they continue to grow, I can see USL challenging uh, MLS for that D1 status for the championship. It's going to be very interesting to see, like, how that kind of unfolds because – I know USL's kind of been teasing the idea for a minute as far as ProRail. You know what, Ringo? Should we do an episode about ProRail, man? Like, I swear to God, man, it'd be fun, I, man. I think it would be one day. One day. One day. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, just seeing, like, how how things are, are moved along with the growth of USL, I think that it, it'll be very interesting, like, like, how fans attract to that product if they ever do go to ProRail, because I think that obviously they're, they're going to spaces that right now MLS isn't in. Mm-hmm. So it'll it'll definitely expand on the footprint of soccer in this country. And, and I, I think that that has nothing but a positive. Uh-oh, Miles up, up, in, the, up in the game now, too. Like, I mean, I think that, like I said, it, it there's nothing – negative that could really go wrong. I mean, like, even, you know, the whole risk of uh, fi- financial risk. But I think that even even if that was to actually happen, the, our country's so big that another team will just take a, take its place and you just keep that keep that, that ball rolling. And more than likely, that team that, that folded will try to come back at, at, at some point. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know... I, TK, I want to ask you your, you know, what brought you to the game and all that. Before we get into that, I, I'm really sad that like Jacksonville, I mean, they were in USL and then the ownership group just seems like they gave up. And I mean, they're playing right now in I think the NPSL. Um, and I, honestly, I think they would have been a good addition to League One, USL League One. Um, what, like they're in that 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 NASL bubble where it's like you know they had they still had the litigation going up against. Uh, U.S. soccer, so it's it's like an, if you're in that, you're either in that NASL camp or you're in the MLS USL camp, and until mm-hmm. it gets resolved, it's like you're kind of those lines are kind of kind of firm. Because I think that all things considered, ideally, each of those teams that are that are that came from NASL, the ones that are still out there being independent, should. There's, there's value for them in in in, in USL. Exactly, there there is, and they fit in like the top tier to fit into the championship. Lower tier could fit into USL one, and that's how you you can't let these teams fold, especially in these cities, man. I don't know. Yeah, because like I, I I think that you know even for like Cosmos with with all, with with all the baggage that has developed over the past decade with them. You still can't tell me that USL would be like, okay, you have an independent team in New York City, like, like, why would you not want that? Like, yeah, like the uh, uh, the the hubris of Cosmos, like, you know, shut up and join a league, man. Get in line. You're too. It's such a historic brand. You know, stop being out there just doing random, playing random people. I mean, they're like the Harlem Globetrotters right now. Like, just just pick a league, man, and, and play. I mean, I, I like when we talked about it with Prez uh, a few months back. I think that, I, and I think we mentioned it then. Like, like the of the Cosmos, it kind of, it it's kind of a gift and a curse because I think that, especially like you know, you go back ten years now, 
you know, when when they were pretty close to getting into MLS and things broke down and it's kind of like, you know, been like a slow burn since then as far as like you were here and now you're down here and it's like 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 was it all worth it? You know? Yeah, exactly. It's it's it's, it's unfortunate to see because obviously I think that just given the history of that of that brand, that club, it's like one, they should have they should have figured out a way to get into MLS, and then two, for them to have fallen so far because you know of the fight against MLS and U.S. soccer, like that that's that's really disappointing to see. I feel like there should be a greater appreciation for for what that team was able to do for American soccer in in the big picture. But, uh, yeah, so so TK, you've been quiet. Kind of tell know. us, you know, kind of what brought you to the game of soccer? Like, you know, what was your, you know, the first time I fell in love with hip-hop moment? <laughs> uh, for me, uh, I grew up uh, over in England, so I would uh, just see people playing across the street from uh, where, my, where my house was. It was like a little neighborhood that had a field off to the side. So, uh, yeah, it was, you know, Something I just kind of observed, and eventually I was a uh, just kind of like asked to play. I was a tall kid, so I was in goal, and yeah, from there, just kind of kind of a little glimpse of it. Uh, and ended up moving back over to the states and uh, South Georgia, and then just kind of fell off for a little bit from there, but kind of caught right back on. And then it was when I used to pay for Fox Sports um, when I lived back at home with my parents. Uh, we had satellite. And that was the only way I could watch soccer. So I was paying like 30, 40 bucks a month to my parents so I could watch whoever, um, you know, whatever Fox would show, basically. And then, yeah, I just kind of fell in, uh, in love with Chelsea. Uh, they had Michael Essien uh, stood out to me. Drugba, uh, Solomon Kalou, uh, black players. And it just, it, it, it just felt like, you know, I, I like what the, the identity that they brought to the club and what, you know, their performances on the field and the club as a whole. So it just became uh, became my club from then. Uh, I was originally, I grew up in Ipswich, so I was, uh, I was around Ipswich Town uh, no matter what. They, they were pretty horrible last season, but uh, we'll see what happens this season. <laughs> so Chelsea, Samuel, Etienne. Um, so being a Chelsea fan kind of – you know, four, what's it, four weeks, five weeks into the Premier League season. How are you feeling about the Lampard era? Honestly, I'm delighted. I couldn't be more happy. Uh, I feel a little hard done that I don't know if there's another manager out there that's available, but I just, I, I wasn't for Lampard right now just because I, I didn't want him to get caught in kind of the Chelsea wheel where we, hire and fire our manager after we get a little temperamental with them and start getting like passive aggressive. Um, so yeah, but so far, yeah, I'm absolutely delighted. Uh, Tammy's starting to perform, uh, Mason Mount's performing regularly. we got a lot of our youth incorporated. Um, I'd like to see a lot. What, what is it about Chelsea and signing guys with girl names? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's part of their culture, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I couldn't tell you honestly. We don't have really. Um, <laughs> a, Maria signs uh, all our players. I wish we had a. Well, we we do have now the technical director and Petr Cech, which is a. Uh, it's nice. So it feels like the club's coming whole again, uh, and so this season's kind of a, a nice revival, uh, and it's nice to just see like people who already have like the ilk of the club on them, like back involved with it. We've uh, we've brought back a lot of people, uh, former players, back into now uh, staff and management positions. So the club's right now just full, and you know everyone's buzzing. So, That's dope. so let me ask you, since you are kind of a uh, transplant here to the states, uh, do you watch any MLS? And what's your thoughts on MLS? And what do you think? MLS needs to, you know, break into one of those top top tier leagues. If you think they're not a top tier league, I think we need pro reg. I'm I'm pro pro reg for sure. Um, a lot of the things you guys were just saying, as far as uh, getting things sorted with the other leagues, uh, uh, NASL, 
and just like getting a plan is it's just like u.s soccer again failing to execute um and it's just i think they're they've been botching it at every effort honestly as far as leaks concern uh and there's no there's no real togetherness is but I, I definitely think we need pro and regulation that'll advance the game. It'll kind of take some, like you were saying, the fans into some other places that are probably even closer than they realize. And uh, yeah, it'll put them in some, uh, meet different people, see what this club looks like. And if you're big, what you think in your head is a big time club gets relegated, you know, like I think that's more drama. And I think that's what the league needs. That's what people get attracted to. You know, that's why soap operas are soap operas. Like, that's real. Like the year that that Chelsea like finished like what Tim, like that was such a huge story. Like like and and they were nowhere near close the to bottom. <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> and like I think like people forget about you know the the dramatic factor of that, where like. There's a lot of storytelling that, that goes into, you know, how a season goes on in the traditional sense. And if you have a good marketing team and and good advertising that knows how to tell those stories, and like like you like you see how NBC does those uh, download series of the, the teams that get promoted, like you could have that here, basically anywhere. Whether it's Madison, whether it's Macon, whether it's Racing was Wisconsin. They could be anywhere, and and it and it, and it makes for great t- uh, television. So yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give a shout out to uh, non-league football. They uh, they do a lot of coverage over here. They're, they're primarily in Europe, but they do a lot of coverage on our lower division soccer here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. non-league America. Like uh, yeah, we. Course, remember we uh, we did an interview with um, uh, one of their people, uh, Jamisa, a few months back. Yeah, not only compared like they 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 they, like, they cover yeah. a lot of shit. Yeah, and like you know, if you guys are um, listeners, if you're on the social non league America, they're on all the socials, and what they're doing is where NBC and ESPN aren't covering Madison and Racine, Wisconsin. And stuff like that. These these guys on I, honestly, I don't know where their funding comes from. Like they're going out to these places and covering, you know, this sport, you know, and giving a light on um, our domestic league because we focus too much on what the hell happens in Europe, man. And there's so many great stories and stuff that are happening right here in America. So, you know, um, shameless plug to them. You know, I I haven't talked to them in so long, but you know what they do is dope, and I always keep an eye on what they're doing. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, just from, well, for one, if whatever money they are, they are getting, you know, holler at us because, you know, we, we, we want to travel too. Yeah, we, we, yeah we, we would love to, like, non-league, like, we'd love to cover some stuff with you guys, man. We can we could collab, yo. But uh, it, it, I guess we close out NFL's back. You want to talk about that? Uh, people care about football again. You know yeah, got paid. Listen, <laughs> fuck AB, fuck that motherfucker. I would cuss even more if I could, but it's just a this is a family friendly show. Yo, he got that. Hey, he played the game well. Yo, I tell you that. That's oh, how you get out of a contract. He did not. Cause like yo, cause See, that was like watching someone play a, a violin out of tune. You know what I'm <laughs> like like they they could play a violin. But they're just not really listening to what's going on. <laughs> First of all, I'm a Raiders fan. For those who don't know, so that shit that shit like hit hit me hit me close. And first of all, he he never gave Oakland a chance. And of course, if judging by how we played on Monday, we showed that hey, we're actually good. And he could have made that team even better. But no, he did he he didn't want that. Of course. And my thing is, if you didn't want to be there, why why sign a contract for more for more money than what New England's about to pay? I mean, I get it. You want to win championships, that part is fine. But if this was not the place that you wanted to go, you should say, you know what? Thanks for the consideration, but this is not where I need to be, and we're done another deal elsewhere because, you know, you gave up on thirty million guaranteed. 
and like like that was just you know cool and and then to go through all the bullshit and of course it it just so happened that all this stuff was on HBO Hard Knock, so like we basically had to live that shit every damn week with the damn frostbite feet, with the helmet, not showing up for practice. Like it's not too often that I'm usually against the players and players' rights and everything, but I was like, yo, like you just acting out your whole ass just to get out of here. And and then of course here come Suge Belichick talking about you don't want your team all all up in the cameras, mm-hmm. taking taking all the Taking all the, all the show and and knocking all the wood, holler at New England. I'm like, hey, this, man. this bitch, this bitch. Like, I I could I could re- like everyone, you know, like they, uh, Derek Carr after the game on Monday, like the amount of class that that guy showed. I was like, man, Antonio Brown don't 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 deserve that dude. That because the amount of Humility that he should say, "Hey, I, I wish him well. I hope he does great." I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, should be cussing his ass out. But hey, I guess he'll leave that to the fans because the fans sure did that last night. They was up in the crowd saying "fuck AB," and they and they right for that shit. <laughs> Yo, like Young Dolph said, "Get paid, young nigga. Get paid." Wait, Yo, you ain't happy. If you ain't happy, gone, man. Hey, these plantation owners ain't for you. He wasn't happy in Oakland. So get paid. Hey, before I before you say something, U.S. just equalized against Uruguay. I told y'all, don't worry. I told y'all. I told y'all. Hey, Jordan Morris, you know, he comes up out of nowhere, baby. Did he wear the $300,000 watch like like OBJ? He didn't. I wish he did. OBJ eating. He he getting paid, too, man. (laughs) He and the Browns getting paid. How you just rock like a three hundred thousand dollar watch during a game where there's pads and violence? I was like, like that. And- you don't watch. You don't watch ballers. He's, he's working with the. Uh, was it? <laughs> he's getting paid by them. <laughs> I guess so. That, that that shit was wild. But like, that's an ugly goal. I, I probably watch more football. <laughs> I probably watch more football on Sunday than I have in a long time because it there. And I realized that that just. I don't know if it's because of the first weekend of the season, but there was really not, not shit on TV but football. Like, I tried, and I was like, okay, like, this just ain't going to work for me today. So I kind of I caved in and ended up watching football. I was like, yo, like, I don't know how y'all do it. Like, the, the, those of y'all who still watch football on the regular, like, I just don't know how y'all do it because I'm like, this shit is so fucking slow. Yeah. I could offer you an alternative. What's good? It needs some culture in it, too, honestly. What's good? Uh, I, I spent my weekend watching Formula One and Formula Two. Yeah, that's why you were talking about that. Yes, sir. There, there, there's a lot more black drivers in Formula One in the recent years. Just we don't watch it. <laughs> that's the thing. Only what I know is Lewis Hamilton. That's all. That's all I know. Yeah, that's a, yeah. that's a rich man sport. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. Yep. Yo, I'm, you have to be rich to like enjoy Formula One. Like, like where they go, you just ain't going to uh, the Speedway down in, down in Hampton, Georgia. Like, you got to go to Monaco and places like that to go check this shit out. As you're <laughs> going, I'm going to Switzerland just because. Yeah, so you're right. You TK, you're right. We need some more culture. We need some more people with money of color up here. You know, hey. enjoying life places. Speaking of culture and getting money, before we head out, shout out to the Cooligans. They just got a TV deal with Fubo Sports. I think their their TV show they actually just debuted um, tonight while we're recording um, on Fubo. So if you got Fubo, it's, it's a streaming service. Make sure you you uh, you check that out. You know the homies they they've been growing the brand just just like we have. So for them to get that TV show, like that's that's a really big deal. And you know, shout out to Christian and Alexis. You know, couldn't be more happy for um, for you guys. The whole yeah, big ups. I, I just I just want a podcast home. That's all I want, man. Like I, I'd be happy with that at least for right now. Yeah. But um, but yeah, man. Like uh, for for those of you who who don't know Ringo, like where can where can people find us on on the socials, man? Man, you know they can find us at FTC UTDD, baby. So we're on Instagram. We on Twitter. Hey, we're on Facebook too. You know, we got some older listeners. I know you don't f with the gram and Twitter. Like, we have Facebook, and there's dialogues that happen on Facebook all the time. 
you know, people give each other the smoke, but, you know, it's a good, safe place where people of color can talk about the game without, Absolutely. you know, being, being racially attacked. So, <laughs> so. Get those QT sounds up real fast, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, we're on Facebook. Um, I, I'll have Grego post out the Facebook link on Twitter and Instagram. So, you know, I guess if you're on there, you could find the Facebook group. Well, there's a Facebook Messenger group as well. I don't know if we'll release that quite yet. You know, we'll talk that. I'll talk about that with management and see if we can get some more people in there. Yeah, we might go to Patreon for that. Yeah, we might have to get yeah have the Patreon and get the link. You can do it like the cam girls do. You gotta kick us some cash. Don't <laughs> <laughs> get your OnlyFans page. OnlyFans <laughs> FTC. <laughs> hey, hey, no, we'll mail out a sticker or something. We got you guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, man, for uh, man, TK, thanks for coming in, uh, kicking it with us this evening. Uh, where can they follow you at on the socials? Uh, yeah, TK Edmondson on Facebook. I am Thundercat underscore ho on Instagram, and I don't tweet, so catch me on one of those, and I'll, uh, I'll be sure to find you back. Like I said, oh. if, if, if you if you need a flag made, holla at my guy. I said, if you see if you seen our flag, flags or like or a Guzan jersey, yeah, like oh yes, the the, the the yo, we got we got to show the uh, the the anime jersey on the lookbook. We got we got we definitely have to show that one. Like he he come, CK comes up with the hot shit. Like he he tries, you know, I, I try to follow in his footsteps. So you know, like he. <laughs> He does his thing, man. Like he, he brings his shit straight from Japan. Like, like can't get this nowhere else, man. But, uh, but, yeah, but if you can't find it from him. You can find it at ftcutd.myshopify.com. Get your shirts, get your name sets, get your hats. It's getting, it's about to get a little cold soon. We actually, we do have a hoodie as well. So and and Scully, so we can hook your ass up. So yeah, sure that you holler. It is warm. Fall is here. <laughs> it's coming season. Get your boot at FTC hoodie. That's right. We got pump, pumpkin scented stickers or scratch and stiffs coming in three weeks. <laughs> I, 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 can't, I can't. I can't do pumpkin. That's just. That's just a no go. Yo, PSLs for my oh, busy bitches out there. Dang. Hey, get out of here. Hey, Come this on, man. We'll at least put up a poll. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this for the culture. This Ringo. That's Grego. That's TK. And we out. Whatever you do, just make sure you get paid. Get paid, young little get paid.